0: It. You guys, uh, I can't. I'm struggling to even like sum up what you guys are. You're a hero, and we'll get into that. Thank you. You're also a hero, and we're going to get into that. But you guys have done everything from working to stop sex trafficking to supporting Second Amendment rights to literally saving people from an active shooting situation. Um, I know you're 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 uh you just had a baby. We're going to talk about COVID-19 vaccines, we're going to talk about the education system, so um, let's get into this.
1: We got okay. lot to cover. Yeah. So we excited.
0: Where should we start? Should we talk well, about Well,
1: first of all, thank you for having us yeah, on. thank you so much. This is amazing. It's Absolutely. always good to see you. Yes, it's good to see you guys. So maybe we start and we talk about the fact that you guys just
0: had a baby. Yes. In the midst of what's this chaotic situation in our country. We uh, we still have an emergency state in some in some states, and actually even at the federal level because they can't stop that emergency state. Otherwise, right. they'd have to pull the vaccines off the market. Right? Yep. Right? Because they're still under emergency use authorization. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, talk to me about being a new parent and what's happening with the education system. What's happening with the vaccines? What is your journey with this?
1: Oof, loaded question. <laughs> yeah,
2: I guess I'll jump right in because my mama bear comes out when I start to talk about this, right? Okay, well, yeah. When we realized that we were pregnant <laughs> and bringing a baby boy, an amazing, beautiful baby boy, into this world and all the ridiculous mandates and impositions that are going on right now. Like, how do we take a stand against this as parents? Yeah. And really, it's educating ourselves on what's going on. But you just see this massive power grab, I think, when it comes to the vaccine mandates in the yep. education system. They are after our children. They are after our youth. It is plain as day. They're not hiding it. Right. And so from every different angle, specifically medical, specifically the education system, because that's where it starts. Right. Like in the education system, if you can get them young. Yeah. Then, then they're they're swept up, right? Yeah. So,
0: so you're you're seeing then what we're seeing too, which is the they're they're targeting the children, they're destroying the nuclear families. You said you had a little baby boy. There's such a war on masculinity. Yep. You are a white male. You therefore must be toxic. There's yep. clearly something that we have to. to squash we them. we actually
1: <laughs> leaned... and immediately into that and yeah. uh, <laughs> we, oh, yeah. when, uh we when we posted the first picture we're like oh crossing uh, extra toxic masculinity coming in hot <laughs> yeah we brought uh, some extra toxic max-
2: masculinity like, into i the am world.
1: proud to raise a son who will stand up for what's right and and be masculine and look out for people um what's that quote that's been going around where it's Good to be dangerous. Uh, to be a good man, you also know how to be dangerous. Because right. without being dangerous, you're not a good man. Just because you're gentle, right. it's because you can control that dangerous side That's of right. you. Right. Uh, and you need to be a protector. And if you can't protect your family uh, and or even yourself, then I personally uh, will not give you the credit of being a real man. Like, sure. So um, yeah. I'm excited to raise my son and teach him things that I wish I knew growing up. I didn't grow up with a father, and I, that is a big thing. Uh, for me and blessed with Brit as the mother of our son, and I think we should back up real quick though and tell you, you know, we weren't dating very long, honestly. Um, we were fresh dating. This, this is. When we found out that we yeah. got pregnant.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah,
1: <laughs> we were a couple months in. Um, I was very close to asking her to be my girlfriend, being serious, like, <laughs> <love that>. like, <laughs> it's candid. We're gonna very candid. But well, we I, should, right? I feel yeah. like it's something we should lean into because I feel like the, a lot of people go through this and it's real in our culture more so than ever today of this dating culture and hookup and all this stuff. And, um, you know, we were actually caring about each other when she got pregnant. though, So we are a little different than just like a hookup culture. Sure. But sure. Um, when we found out, we had, you know, a lot of options. And one of the first that are on the top of the list are, you know, we could handle this inconvenience but that was never an option for us. Right, right.
2: That's like the world's perspective, isn't it? Yeah. Is this can That's you what's handle this pushed. inconvenience. And I'll tell you like even growing up and not believing in abortion as an option, honestly, and I'm I've been pro life my whole life. When this happens to you and it's scary, you yeah. you panic. What are my options? Well, of course, immediately there are no options we are having a baby but
0: let's talk this important and what's being so particular to young ladies is you come this is almost um, like a moniker of, of how you are a by woman if you have had abortion and what I try to explain is I don't care you could have 75 uh, movie stars on, on a stage saying you know waving their hands saying that they are a better person than their seventeen abortions.
1: have like, mm. seen these. these it's things. disgusting.
0: So, first of all, it is disgusting, but also they're liars. Yep. Yes, and I'll tell you why they're liars. Because women who have abortions, that is something that they
1: carry with them, and I promise you that these ladies—it's a mark on your soul.
2: There's actually so many women who there are so many women who don't even they don't grasp what they're doing beforehand and they are carrying that weight with them but they're left in the dark because of what the system and our culture is telling them ahead of time right it's shout your abortion it's when you're at the clinic they're not going to show you ultrasounds they don't believe that it's a human life it's a clump of cells so if they're dehumanizing our babies at the the smallest level, they're putting they're pulling the wool over, like these women's eyes, and it's so it's just it's a yep. scan exactly.
1: So that is, that is part of our mission as well. Like we do the Second Amendment advocacy and education, but you know a lot of it is being parents, and we're new mm-hmm. parents. And when she told me that she was pregnant, I immediately was like, well, mm-hmm. there's no other option, right. so. Uh, looks miracle. like we need to looks figure like this out.
2: It's a miracle, actually, and it is a miracle. I was told I would never get pregnant, and then
0: we did, and so, well, so miracle. Let's talk a little bit about that <laughs> as well, because you know, so my husband and I had this conversation the other day. He has his own personal journey, and, um, and one of the things that they, you know, we time I I feel like all the single, fertile women, if so they, really they can't get pregnant, I'm hearing sure mm. this a lot, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they do right now wondering what is going on in the medical community where we're telling women that they can't get pregnant Now, obviously there's clearly there are times um, where you have uh, actual reasons but you know physiological right. reasons mm-hmm. really can not get pregnant right but it mm-hmm. seems to be a very common um, diagnosis mm-hmm. right.
1: if it's part of a higher money-making scheme in yes. some sorts like yes. once you do get pregnant you can go to the clinic and you can get pregnant. a handle abortion pregnant cha-ching
2: i stuff. i it's interesting to me, I think that there's maybe a couple of different perspectives that are full of malice in my opinion, but you've got girls from the age of 12 or whenever you start your period getting on hormonal birth control. We are surrounded and filling our bodies with and putting toxic chemicals on our bodies that mess up our hormones, that wreck yep. us. So I, it's an interesting thing. I do think that a lot of women are coming with these diagnoses because, diagnoses because they can't get pregnant actually because of the system but then you've also got doctors that I mean they're literally speaking death over their patients I had doctors that looked at me and I've got endometriosis and PCOS and I had a doctor tell me that I had a hostile uterus and how do I leave how do I leave that appointment oh (laughs) right (laughs) right (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's horrifying. I had to grieve that for a long time. And I did because I, I believed it. And when you believe things about yourself, your mind can change your cells and your body. And so, of course, then people are not going to be able to get pregnant, especially if that's what you're carrying with you. Now, God had a different plan for us. But I, I think that there are a couple of different layers to that within the medical community. So you
0: got the medical community saying things like, you can't get your uterus is hostile. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, and then you pair that with this. Well, you can give a portion, mm-hmm. right?
1: You need to work. You need to level up. It's more
2: admirable to work. As a matter of fact, being the career woman is what you should have always done. We see that in Hollywood time and time again. And, And Taylor and I don't watch a ton of TV other than maybe some background noise. But it's so interesting to me to see the strong female character lines right now. What's making them, quote, strong is their singleness, their independence. There are these boss ladies. And I am all for that. I come from a career background. Look at us like... I love to work hard but let me tell you being a mother is the best thing in the whole world hands down best job that you could ever and have. the best
1: thing I could do is allow her to be that it's a lot of work for for women and I've learned a lot over the last eight months <laughs> I never knew if I was gonna be a dad I never knew my journey I always thought I was just gonna work 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 and that's kind of the culture we're being brought up in and um, we're taking this opportunity to share our story and be vulnerable and say you know it's probably the best thing that happened to me when i found out that i was going to be a dad because i get a level up i get to be the best version of myself not for myself for other people i just think Britt and i share a very strong mutual respect for each other and i value her and everything she does and she's so strong in so many areas and she sees that in me in other areas and I think if other couples would look inward and just, like, see that in their partner, we would have a lot less um, divorces in this country, first of all.
2: And do the work and make the decision. I think that it's, it's kind of fun that you say that because by no means are we a perfect couple. And we share our imperfect story because of that, but that's the beauty in it all, right? I think that what makes us really strong are those decisions. It's like... The, the fairy tales where you've got your battle against the monsters, right? Those monsters yeah. are part of the story that made you stronger, but you had to decide to to take on that battle and move forward, and yeah. that's what we We chose did. each other mm-hmm. instead
1: of letting monsters win or whatever, that's and right. we always look for the positive, and so we made that commitment to ourselves uh, and to each other. Yeah.
2: And we
0: do it all the time. So, but through this, through this, like, power forming together, you guys are, you're, I know you, Passion of as well for fighting the, the sex trafficking. That's right. You um, want to tell us a
2: little bit about that? Absolutely, and- absolutely. So I've been passionate about fighting sex trafficking and child sexual exploitation for years and years, and have had the opportunity to work with some really amazing organizations um, that are fighting in this battle. And there are a handful that are just amazing, amazing organizations, and. Um, Yeah, I mean, especially having a baby, you start to realize, you start to recognize the numbers and what's really going on in this country. And it doesn't matter what demographic you're in, um, how much money you have. You think about the Gucci heiress just came out. I don't know if you saw that. She came out and in such a moment of just boldness and courage, actually spoke up about her grandfather and father child sexually abusing her from the age of six years old to 16. Her mother and grandmother protected the men and told her to keep it quiet. She would be disinherited and you know that's you think about that's the upper echelon right? And so it's happening everywhere. It's what the enemy I believe wants. It's an attack on innocence at at every turn that we're seeing. So sex trafficking entails a lot of things. You've got the sex trafficking. There's also labor trafficking. There are different types of trafficking.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but you know, child sexual exploitation is it outweighs sex trafficking and labor trafficking on a ratio of like ten to one. Don't hold me to that statistic
0: specifically, but it's massive. It's mainstream right now. Massive. Yeah. People, people were outraged right, and I just talked about this earlier today outraged about the Balenciaga mm-hmm. I'm outraged about that too I, I don't even know how to I don't even know how to, to respond to something mm-hmm. like that, that
1: it's
0: just so overtly disgusting mm-hmm. um, and criminal but what I see is people should be more mm-hmm. outraged they send their kids to school for nine months in this mainstream education system and as as is like in this school and they're having sexual content yes. presented yep. to them and, yes. they, and I always say let me be very
1: child. That's sexual It's Hands not in the sexual abuse. It's not in the best interest of the child. It's trying to fulfill some fantasy or inner thing that they're trying to put out there for them and I don't know it's it's, it's some sort of evil that yeah. is just perpetrating the, I guess, innocence of all of our youth. And
2: that's the truth. It's what I want to know know is why, why, why why are you doing this? Why Why do you need this? Why are you fighting to have a book in my kindergartner school that's teaching them about whatever it may be? Why is it now that we have teachers on TikTok talking about how they've explained their gender identity to your preschooler? And actually one of the one of the very, very few things that COVID did was expose these things because parents realized, oh, this is what's going on. Yep. And so how do we encourage parents to get involved, to take control? Actually you're responsible for your kids. It's not the government, but that's, so let's come back to the why, why we want to tear away their innocence. We want to be in control of them. You are no longer in control of them. And. Then well, they're going to grow up in this it, culture, and they're going to continue to yes. Well, it allows them to, to
1: sexual, uh, make sexualization just gen, uh, generalized, and then yeah. it makes it acceptable. If then someone who's older, um, you know, becomes a pedophile or something, and then what they're doing is giving people a slap on the wrist and saying, "Oh, it's just like a thing; it's okay." And if they start younger and younger, and they do this over generation they can get that to be an okay thing. And we're here to say that it's not okay, Mm -hmm. and we're not gonna let you build that up over generations. And I think parents are fighting back. Mm -hmm. We're seeing homeschooling growing at an exponential rate. We're gonna homeschool, and we look forward to it, and we wanna encourage other parents, and we wanna learn about the group uh, education rounds that parents are making and stuff, so. Yeah. You know, I just had an interesting conversation
0: with Tim Kennedy. Do you know who Tim Kennedy -hmm. is? Not not too long ago, so. He was talking about, he said, "Listen, my son, he's never alone. We don't leave him alone with mm-hmm. teachers, we don't leave him alone with taekwondo instructors or whatever other activities he's engaged in. Or right? Yeah. We are supervising and overseeing every aspect of his development, his life. And I thought that's such a profound thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, unfortunately, not everyone has the luxury of doing that. I yeah." Recognize that. Mm-hmm. There has to be an uprising. People have to. I mean, sometimes I sit here and we do these podcasts and I we're talking about this and I think this is the craziest like I can't believe we have to actually articulate why showing children sex acts is sexual abuse. Right. It's absolutely my right. to be mm-hmm. Oh,
2: I just saw an interview with a mother who was taking her little girl, like probably four or five years old, to one of the drag shows. So this is one of the things that's being exposed right now as well. And this mentality of parents that are bringing their children to these sexually explicit drag shows, thinking it is perfectly normal and fine. Or trying and to her show that they her reasoning yeah. was, well, you know, it's not that that different than disney like what disney is showing them and i'm like well (laughs) are we worried about disney then or what's going on which obviously we are but this it this aloof mentality with their children's innocence and how we're supposed to protect it as parents and uphold that it's just man we want to fight for that
1: an interesting thing we always discuss is how social media you know, in the first time in hu- human history is the largest form of communication we've ever seen. It it's most <clears throat> and and it, it can be for good and bad. Um, but what we're seeing, it used to be, you know, radio frequencies and then television, and they could kind of control what's going on and make it seem like a larger picture. And what we're seeing uh, regularly is that they're putting a microscope or a magnifying glass on a certain small group of minority and c- claiming that it is what's good and what everyone wants and you should jump on board and if you don't then you're wrong Yep. and in reality that's not the case and that's why I do have so much faith in our country and why yep. we're going to keep fighting back because we know that is just a magnifying lens on a small percentage of the population but we need to make so much noise that they don't keep doing that and then they shift that magnifying glass to back onto uh, family core values and building up America to be strong again because in 50 years if we don't we will not have an America. <laughs> I think
0: it might happen sooner than right fact i hope yeah. so. I'm, I'm fearful that if we don't change, I, I don't know that it's going to take 50 years. Yeah. Right. I,
1: I think it might take a minute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, which it's we could. this
0: it's, it's right now.
1: Yeah, it's, which we could jump into a whole other conversation, but just to uh, <laughs> keep that part short, like, you know, China, they want, they're playing the 100-year war, of they are. and they're going to strategically let us. Um, you know, erode from within, and you know, mm-hmm. basic Marxism is what we're seeing across sure. the board, and you know, t- uh, showing children um, sexual conduct in, in oh, on, TikTok. on TikTok is yeah, for yeah, mm-hmm. for right. why? Or their algorithm rewards the right. people for posting educational stuff more than dancing and being silly and dumb. Yeah, that's right.
0: That's right. Yeah. And it's it's prolific, right? It's prolific here. Yeah. 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 And I agree with you, by the way. They are playing the long game, and and sadly, they've been playing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. We're like almost at the end of the game for them. Things are so. So we really, really have to recognize where we are before
1: we change
0: anything. Let's switch gears for just a second. I want to talk about second amendment. This is not something that.
1: well, it's a good time to sh- shift gears because that's what protects everything and actually gives us a, us a fighting chance in 50 years. That's, that's right.
2: right. I gonna, know there's the, the difference between us and China. <laughs> <laughs> about
0: this. And I'm passionate about it. It's not something that necessarily is a community project um, mission, but, but an interesting though it is. And I you know, see that because our mission is to talk about parental rights. Which to me, it sounds funny when I say parental rights. It's a, it's a natural right. <clears It's throat> not, you know, this isn't, I have the right to raise my child because it's, just, it's a natural
1: right. Correct. Correct.
0: So the Second Amendment, though, much to your point, ensures that that natural right remains intact.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh,
0: and so, I, I, let's talk about your work around the Second Amendment. But, but maybe we could start by talking about who you are, because this is something that I think people who are listening to this podcast need to know. I started this off by saying you guys are both heroes. And I meant that in a literal way. Sometimes people say, oh, you're such a hero, but I mean this in a literal sense. Um, You were at the Las Vegas shooting. Yes. And you are the person that is responsible for saving lives at risk of your own life. Maybe you can just talk us through what happened in yours.
1: Yeah. um Yeah. so uh you know for those listening you know my name is taylor winston and during the 2017 shooting in las vegas during a country concert um it was my second year attending and you know i can i'll keep i guess i'll give the shorter version today but you know i was attending the festival and uh, i went to get a drink and heard you know some sounds that uh, sounded like gunshots it uh, seemed in the distance, so uh, I wasn't super concerned. No one else was doing anything. Could have been something else outside of the festival. Uh, moments later, heard it again, got more concerned, still looked around. No one doing anything. Um, a lot of people contribute what they thought to be fireworks, but there were none. Um, and then, you know, moments later, full automatic uh, fire shooting into a crowd like fish in a barrel. Um, people getting hit all around me you know first and foremost reaction wasn't to go steal a truck or something it was survive run sure. uh so, yeah, like terrified yeah you
0: know
1: i mean as the years it always sneaks up on you i'm doing pretty good today but um you know when you hear uh bullets tapping next to you and then people dropping and you're running scared and you think this could be it. You don't know. Um, You just keep moving as fast as you can and you hear the ground getting hit with bullets closer and closer. You don't know if you're next or something. And then you're just focused on trying to get yourself and your friends out and shouting, keep your heads down and keep moving away from the sound of gunfire and pure chaos because you have 22... 22,000 people running in all directions, families getting split, kids getting torn away from mothers, Uh, people getting trampled trying to get out because there's very few exits. And then when you get to the fence line, um, there's the little poked um, diamond shaped fencing around it. And so when you're trying to climb over, people are getting caught on their clothing and getting shot while they're trying to get over the fence. And so it's the worst scene you can ever imagine yeah it's times that by a thousand uh, if you're there and so uh, at one point we finally got over the fence we helped a bunch of people get over the fence and looked back and our friends were still inside saying they're gonna go in and help other friends and you know you're saying possibly goodbye for the last time because you don't know if they're gonna make it out just trying to go help their friends so that's when I knew we needed to do something, and I've been to a lot of festivals, and I knew that if I could get to like where the teams parked, there might be a vehicle that has a key in it, because a lot of people share a vehicle throughout the day. Even in that exact moment, you still have full automatic fire still raining down in the crowd, and you don't know if it's one person on the 32nd floor or if it's people on the ground, and if you run around a corner, you're gonna run face-to-face with someone with a rifle. In your face and you have nothing else to defend yourself and so you're kind of just in the open and trying to figure out how to get away as quick as possible um but i think just hearing people screaming for help and motivated me enough i I hope others would Uh, a lot of people react differently but um, i knew that every second that passed people were dying Um, ambulances can't go into an active shooting zone. And so I went and... Hold on, I just yeah. to make
0: sure that people hear exactly what you just said. So ambulances
1: cannot go into an active shooting zone. Nor like police, people. they set up a perimeter. Nor police. So
0: you've got an active shooter actively being shot. And there's no one coming until they get a perimeter and shut everything down.
1: And they, and they uh, eliminate the threat. Wow. And so... Um, I had found the vehicles it was probably a hundred yards off and uh, a little bit back from the backside of the gates uh, first vehicle I checked had keys in the center console uh, and then drove right back into where I heard the gunfire and people were starting to round up people into piles and we just looked through them a lot of friends um, I do want to credit so many people And being a country festival, because you have a lot of first responders and people who are capable, and there's people applying tourniquets and using shoestrings and belts and T-shirts to stop the bleeding. And um, we just looked for the most critically injured, loaded them in the truck. Um, We have anywhere between 12 to 15 people. And then just uh, the person that was with me, I had her look up the closest hospital. She put it in the GPS, and off we went. Um, And we went speeding you know, as fast as we could, as safely as we could without getting in a wreck because then we're not helping anyone. Um, and we come screeching into the hospital. They have no idea what's going on, completely calm. And we just start dumping bodies into the lobby and they literally, literally bodies, leaving them there. yeah. And so hospital fires up all their engines and everything's going. Um, and then immediately after we pulled in, more vehicles started pulling in. So I wasn't the only one that had an idea to get a vehicle and take people. I think my unique story was I was the first to arrive to that hospital and I had commandeered a vehicle. Um, After we unloaded, decided to go back in because we didn't know if it was still going on. or. you went in the first time to go to
0: the hospital and then you decided to go back? Yes. Wow.
1: Um, When there's that many gunshots going off and it's literally shooting fish in a barrel you don't know how many people are injured or who's come in you don't know and so our first instinct was to go back and we did and we were able to get another 12 to 15 people by this time um i believe the shooting had had ceased they hadn't they hadn't eliminated the threat or verified yet but there wasn't any more shooting going on people were starting to make like impromptu trauma areas and treating each other and so there was just a body or piles of people and we just loaded up as many as we could went back we came back a third time and uh, by that time ambulances were allowed allowed on site and they were starting to round up everyone and our services were no longer needed so so you are responsible
0: for saving actually going into shooting scenario <laughs> That's an error Active shooting event and going back not once not twice but three times to yep. I I don't even know what to say I mean I feel like the, this is like medal of honor type action um, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually honored to be able to sit here and have this conversation with you your husband is, is mm-hmm. in my opinion yeah. like, a, like a true hero yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh, I don't know many other humans that would do something like that.
1: I would say hundreds for sure. Um they hundreds were all
0: in a in a, in a country with a population of three hundred and thirty
1: million so <laughs> Well I would say I would say in a festival of twenty two thousand, I know hundreds, if not thousands, of people were doing what they could for other people. Um but I would also say that was a very concentrated group of people who are first responders and people who are willing to go above and beyond. Um, I, I always just never think of myself as anything special because I think everyone can do what they can in their own ways. You know, if even it's just holding a door open for someone. You know, just helping others when you can. Um, and I've spent a lot of years trying to figure out how do I use this story to help inspire and and help other people want to try to do better. And this is kind of, I guess, segueing into the Second Amendment, why it's so say, important yeah, is... You, people
0: yeah. would probably think that you, of all people, after that experience, would walk away and say, I want to work to, <coughs> to ban all of the guns." this country. That was...
1: And that was literally the first thing that happened after was, you know, obviously my story got out and people wanted to interview me. Um, one of the first things I would tell them is this is going to be non-political. We're not going to talk about policies. We're not going to talk about banning the Second Amendment or anything like that. We're going to talk about the families and, and just what happened and tell my story. And actually, you know, to my surprise, most, uh, even CNN, I talked with Anderson Cooper. And uh, at that time, he was very respectful of that and stuff, which was really cool. So shout out to Anderson. Uh, don't agree with The rest of the stuff you guys are perpetrating (laughs) on CNN over there, but that was very kind of you. Um,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that one later.
1: Um, But that was one of the big things is they would immediately try to ask, you know, well, what about bump stocks? Like, should we ban those? Literally, like, we haven't even grieved for the families yet, and the 827 people that were shot and 58 killed. We haven't even acknowledged anything of that. They were already trying to use us for an agenda. Of course. And. You know, um, shortly after, a few weeks, it disappeared. And it's it's because it didn't fit an agenda for them to keep pushing. If it had been something else, like a gay bar or a high school, where they could push this to keep politicizing it, it would have been on the news and airwaves for much longer. And that is, I think, a huge part of the broken system in our information cycle, is if it doesn't fit a narrative they're trying to push, which is clearly to disarm the American people, then it's not worthy of being on the news. So maybe
0: you can clarify, I, I think, I would hope that a lot of people know this, but I'm starting to realize that a lot of people, especially people that are anti-gun, often times have actually never held a weapon. Correct. Yeah. Can you clarify what an assault weapon is? It
1: um, <laughs>
0: doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, there's no such thing. An assault. <laughs>
1: an assault weapon is real. It can be my cell phone. It can be this <laughs> mug on this table. It can be this microphone I'm speaking into. I can I could literally kill either one of you with this right now. Obviously, I wouldn't. Yeah, They're like, all right, cut it, cut it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this so but this is a this is a blunt object and this is now an assault weapon. Um, I think it's been a term that's been used to make a tool scarier. And trying to indoctrinate the mass public and um, de enlighten the public, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, our founding fathers uh, spent many, many years debating this and figuring out. Many, many people smarter than all of us figured out throughout history that a population that can't defend itself in, inevitably becomes overcome with tyranny and greed of the deep natural instinct that lies in so many ill men and women and they Mm -hmm. saw that and they wanted to protect that for this nation that was an experiment to start one of the greatest countries in the history of mankind with one of the greatest documents ever written in the history of mankind and it never passed ratification until 1971 when they then included the bill of rights with the second amendment and there is a funny audio going around it's (laughs) it's like it was the second thing they wrote and they're like talking about um the Constitution, because, you know, Declaration of Independence, which was their death warrants signed. (laughs) Um, So if you ever are curious about what the John Hancock is, it's because that man, in the face of tyranny, signed his name the biggest on a piece of paper declaring independence from a tyrannical government, inevitably signing his death warrant. Mm. And so that's why the John Hancock is so important and Mm. why it's been named a signature. Um, and so, yeah, the second thing that was written was the Constitution. And within the second Constitution was also the Second Amendment. And so they said, you can say whatever you want, but you better get yourself a gun. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you might say it to the wrong person. <laughs> all, all this is deriving from the AR-15. Yes. The AR-15 is a, um, you know, was designed to be a military-grade weapon to harm and kill humans for warfare. That's what it's for, which is why we need it, is in case we do need it in time of tyranny, we don't want it to go shoot clays with it. We don't want to go hunting with it. We can use a rifle, that's fine. We need something of equal power to stop uh, a government who wants to enforce a similar power on its population and be able to push back. Um, there's so many uh, times across history we can refer to why it's so important, but to get back to what an AR-15 is, is Armalite rifle. Armalite is the company that developed the AR-15. And so um, left and people who may not understand the Second Amendment like to refer to it as an assault rifle or automatic rifle. And those are just terms that have just been applied to it because they didn't know what it was. And so when we educate ourselves and we dig through layers, we figure out it's a tool, this is a name, and it came from this. And then we can also distinguish um, uh, an assault cup from an assault rifle or a knife or hand. What's interesting,
0: though, is the overwhelming majority of crimes committed by a uh, handgun or a rifle are done so in a maintain weapon. Of course there are times...
1: You know, yeah, of course. Bad actors in every...
0: and
1: protecting uh, his country the people that are out and
0: engaging in the commission of crime. Yep. Well, very
1: distinct difference. Well, yes. oh, when you make a law, the only people that you're affecting are your law-abiding citizens because criminals aren't going to follow the rules, right? That's just kind of how it works. And I always laugh when they're like, oh, we're making these common-sense laws. Well, like you're really only affecting people who are going to follow those laws. And now you're making a more difficult you're taking a perfectly good law-abiding citizen and now making them a criminal if they don't follow this pretentious, bullshit, um, idiotic new law that is not gonna help save or deter any other future crimes. And we can focus on one area of crime activity. Um, They always wanna go after the AR-15s or or assault rifles. The big scary. The big scary ones, but in reality, you know, handguns are the number one when it comes to the firearm industry. And they never talk about that. And they also don't talk about mass shootings and how they've reduced the um, the number of people that need to be involved in the mass shooting. And they've also removed the information of most of those are gang-related activities when we talk about mass shootings. And they've also removed when children are killed more by guns than anything else in, in the country at this time. And they also removed the fact that they reduced it from, I think, 19 to... I can't remember. The, they lowered the age to make it, a, or the age has been risen to 19 for children, for children to be included in the statistic. So when you start talking about all this gang activity and all these 19-year-olds shooting each other, you're now on CNN saying, children are being killed by assault rifles at uh, record rates, mm-hmm. and and we need to ban assault rifles. That's right. that's and that's right. where these numbers come from, and the public is so de-enlightened that they don't even deep deep dive into the layers to understand it further because it's very it's really
0: very polarizing and it's it's frightening you know again i think so so 50 years ago the majority especially young men, were around
1: well i'm glad you said that because school, we, we also it. had world war ii when tens of thousands of men went off to war and came back from seeing all these crazy terrible things and you think they would have some kind of traumatic a traumatic experience and there would be all these crazy um, escalation and rises in mass shootings, right? Well, what we saw was little to zero. They still love this country. Um, they have, they didn't even have locks on their door. When you start taking down early 1900 year, year old homes, they don't have locks on the doors, literally. And fast forward, what what has changed in this country? It's not the guns, because they all had guns. Uh, it's, it's the person and it's the the culture that has been exactly. built into all of us.
0: And we've created this culture like of, uh, fear, and and I think you know we've said it, but I think it's worth repeating. You have uh, cities like I think right Chicago, mm. like Los Angeles, the entire state of California. In those areas, interestingly enough, they have the highest amount of gun control law mm-hmm. Yep. Is yes. And yep. And I'm not using that word lightly. And people have this misnomer too, especially in California. We can just go out and go to, I don't know, your local Walmart and buy a weapon. And I can be walking down the street and find it. And that's such a misnomer. I, mean, it, I know each state, you know, varies in terms of how they have gun, gun sales and operate. But in California, I can tell you, um, you go to buy a weapon, it is not an Right. You yeah. have check run. That's right. You have a ten day waiting between right mm-hmm. uh and, and it is it is not like a simple process
1: Yeah. I mean it's not a simple process in any state. Really I mean we, we have our FFL license, our federal firearm license, and we have to put everyone through a background check aggressively right. or we'll get in trouble and we'll yeah. lose our license and or even if they want to leave their it.
2: weapon with us overnight to do a, a custom engraving or whatever we're doing for them, we've gotta take them through yep. that process. And we have rocket. to
1: book it and we have to log it and if they're purchasing it, we have there's right. procedures for everything yeah. and people
2: I just tell my I tell people who bring that up to me, I say, Go try to buy a gun. Yeah. On, go try. Go buy a gun. Tell me what happens. Much like, let's bring this a
0: little bit the circle here. Much like what's happened with COVID, right? You hear a narrative, and it becomes a mantra, right? Yep. And you see it, you're seeing this, but what's amazing is people are stopping to, to just. I, I sometimes used to stop during COVID and say, if I were just to watch mainstream media and nothing else, I would expect to open my front door and see dead bodies
1: oh. all over the streets.
0: Great. Because they made it sound like you walk out without a mask, And you're going to drop dead mm-hmm. you're yeah. kill someone else. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I felt. In the very beginning of COVID, I saw it, watched it, tracked it coming over from China. Um, and when it got to the United States, I took it serious for the first couple of weeks, trying to understand it, being safe, we isolated. Um, and then there was another wave of hospitals and nurses needing masks. And so that led me, I, I, I do a lot of laser manufacturing. And I was like, we can laser cut masks out of material and do the holes. And they can just do a string and boom, got masks. And so I started rounding up a ton of material from across town. I was deep diving on information. What can stop this? What particular size? What's the micron? Does it actually do anything? And the deeper I dove, I was like, this is some bullshit. Literally bullshit. And I started getting really frustrated because they played with my feelings about nurses not having the supplies they need to take care of for dying people in the hospital, which were influx numbers to begin with. And they manipulated me to believe, and I feel like I'm pretty savvy and I look into things and I was like, if they could do that to me and it took me that much research to figure out this is a bunch of bullshit, Mm -hmm. then how easy would it be to um, convince the rest of the population that this is the way that we need to do things and give up and give up our rights and inconveniences because we need their protection. And that was the goal, right? That is the goal. Mm
0: security, yep. or excuse me, a little freedom for security and safety, deserve more security for safety. That's right. And I'm sure I botched that line, but I think you get the point, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have a heart condition, actually two different types of heart conditions. Uh, I had heart procedures, I've been on every kind of cardiac medicine you can imagine. So when this came out, like for a heartbeat, intended, I said, wow, I have to be very serious about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm concerned. But then I, I, I think it might have been like a week into it, I just said, to myself. Honestly, I really don't risk whatever's going on. I something seems off.
1: Yeah. Right. We're not seeing the, the the bodies lining the streets certainly in California, You know, a yep. story. We can go into why that was. Um,
0: and something didn't feel right. And then ultimately, you start to peel back the layers, and you realize that we are this is an absolute fabrication.
1: This mm-hmm. is a lie being perpetrated. Yeah. It was an illness, and and people were dying, and you know, like I, I'm sorry for those families who lost someone like actually to covid which is a type of viral condition like the flu or something but that does happen annually every year across the world we didn't even talk about tuberculosis in in the middle east and africa when millions of people were dying every year and there's mm-hmm. that's not a pandemic why is that not a pandemic
0: and i would say i'm sorry for the people who lost loved ones not to covid but to an institution and a government
2: that denied their loved ones early that's
0: right ma'am. Yeah. They watched them die when they knew.
1: When they
0: knew. And, and they, they knew. Effective treatment. They yes. Saved their life. That's exactly so,
1: right. That a That's a crime against humanity, and it. So it's not. Yes. It's worth it for them when they want control of the country. And the next step is our Second Amendment rights. That's right. And you know, to clarify for everyone, I don't think we've even said what the Second Amendment is. Oh yes. Let's it's a, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And I find oftentimes people think the most important part of that or like most regurgitated part is, uh, you know, my gun rights shall not be infringed. But really, if you go back to the beginning of it, it says necessary to the security of a free state. And in the Constitution, the only place you see the word necessary is in the Second Amendment. That's, that's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Our, our founding fathers were extremely wise. They pulled from multi-government documents across um, you know, centuries of understanding and they debated about it in conventions with other highly educated people. And they, they built all of this from an enlightened public. Mm-hmm. And they came up with these, these laws of the land and natural rights that we should all have. And I think we've gotten so far away from that original founding document and the true meaning behind it. And we are not an enlightened public anymore. That has been our mission to help try to to help enlighten others and help educate them. And hopefully anyone listening to this podcast does a little research like read the Federalist Papers. Read the arguments that they made for all this. We fight for you. We fight for everyone. Mm We want you on our team. When China comes here, I want you on the left to know how to hold a gun and have the ability to fight for all of us, too.
2: I want for women to be able to protect. I want for people to know that they can be their own first responders, too. Yeah. Right? You can like, protect there's yourself. There's so many levels to it. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's so much to be bigger able than to us. to set aside politics and see the bigger picture throughout history. Which is why pointing out tyranny is
0: such a big part of it. And what was it in, in the Japanese Emperor in World
1: War Two? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't wait to sleep
0: in China because we you know, we find every plate of grass. Yeah is is a weapon and I mean, again, I'm sure that yeah.
1: we move that far. No, that's that's the gist of it is no country will attack America America because they know there's over five hundred thousand firearms that they know of in this country and there's over probably three hundred thousand million or 300 million citizens that have access to them and there's over 75 million veterans who can very effectively use all those weapons and so that does deter other countries from trying to touch foot on our shore but um you know china i use for an example a lot because they're taking over the trade routes and they're they got the one belt one road initiative or one mm-hmm. road one belt initiative going through and afghanistan pull out was a huge disaster because now they gave up all that strategically placed mm-hmm. uh, trade route in the middle of that area with so many resources to, of equipment million. left over yeah. yeah just so many flaws in that whole thing but over time they're going to build that all out sure. and eventually if we keep eroding from within we don't come together and at least agree on a few things you know human trafficking and child exploitation is bad i don't care if you're left or right that's bad right let's also say a family should be able to protect themselves regardless of let's we don't need to think tyranny is going to happen tomorrow and we're going to have police cracking down on us but it does happen it happens quick you know you go back to um the nazis and jews and hitler and everything that happened over a very short period of time with one man who was able to manipulate the political system as a popular vote and once he got the control he needed because of emergency acts Mm -hmm. he was able to use the government against this population and dehumanize a section of that to blame them for the problems of everyone else and then it was okay uh, for everyone else to harm those people because they were so dehum. they were drawing jews as bugs And saying they need to squash them because they're the problems of you when they're totally just normal human people that wanted life, liberty and pursuit of happiness just like anyone else. Our documents and our founding fathers built this great experiment of the United States to allow for that. And the further we get away from those documents, the closer we get to losing this country.
2: I think it takes a lot of purposeful insight and that point of being the enlightened citizenry that is eroding and being eroded right now. That's the most important thing it's that we can res- be
0: fighting for. Yes, it's, yeah, our, it's responsibility. our responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's beyond like, that. And as parents, I mean, it's our responsibility to make sure that our children yeah. understand the, the, the powerful responsibility that they have as being born in this amazing country, which I will I will end on this note. I will say I firmly believe the United States has been and remains the greatest civilization in human history the most opportunity giving yes. yep. civilization yes. and uh, it is we are we are very very close to um, potentially damaging the ability for this civilization to exist yep. and I'm, I'm
1: deeply concerned but I'm also deeply but inspired I'm inspired, I'm inspired too. I believe in not only ourselves but the 10,800 people that showed up this weekend oh, to America right. Fest. America
2: that's right. And
1: fest. they are going to leave here and hopefully keep <laughs> fighting the battle in their communities. It all starts on a local level. That's and so right. uh, And
2: don't be afraid to have kids and take response. I think that's like the most beautiful thing is too about becoming a mother and that that hope and when you look around and you see all the young people and you know you can pour this freedom and and truth it is so so precious yeah. to uphold, but we've gotta we've gotta yeah. keep at it.
0: Tell us uh, how people can follow what you guys are doing. I want to know how people can.
1: You can, you, um, you can follow us on Instagram and yep. TikTok and Facebook, and it is two a daddy two a 2A. dot daddy on Instagram, two a daddy on Facebook. Okay. Um, my personal is Taylor Winston. Britt's is Xo Britt Noel. Uh, you can. Support us by going to our website, uh, 2adaddy.com. We also have a new firearms online company coming up soon. That'll be 2adsupply.co. Because we're not
2: doing enough already. And
1: and you can actually purchase... You can purchase uh, firearms from us, and we have a YouTube channel that will be making reviews on the firearms that we select to choose. And so if you're looking for, you know, especially women, Britt is an amazing teacher, and she has some great content coming up soon. So I think follow us on YouTube, most importantly, if you want to help get educated on your Second Amendment and other firearms. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank
2: you. I guess the last thing that I would just say to anyone listening is just keep... Keep remaining hopeful, yeah. stay inspired. And when you start to feel discouraged, get around people who are hopeful, who are doing things, take action. Don't sit yeah. around in a pity party. We're come to AmFest. Come yeah, hang come out. Let's AM go Fest. dancing. That's
1: great.
0: <laughs> and you guys, you do. You people like you make me continue to keep me hopeful. So thank you. Thank you for thank what you. you're doing. I can't wait to do this again. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do it again. And I can't wait to meet
1: the baby. I know. Maybe we'll bring, bring, bring him on. Right.
0: From all of us at the Unity Project, thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope to continue producing content that amplifies voices, strategies, and resources. Please keep in mind that the Unity Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that relies on the contributions of our generous supporters to fuel the work we do in this movement. If you value our efforts, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution today by visiting our website at www.unityproject.com and clicking the Donate button. We very much appreciate your continued support and confidence, without which our work wouldn't be possible.